Welcome to the Property Wealth and Business Podcast, discussing the mindset for success, how to build wealth and create your own economy. Hosted by portfolio millionaire, property entrepreneur and mentor, Daniel Moses. Hello, hello, hello. Good evening, everyone. Uh, it's Daniel Moses here. Uh, my guest today is Visha. How's it going, Daniel? Can you hear me, though? Yes. How are you doing, Visha? Are you all right? I'm good, my friend. How, how are you? Thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finally, great to meet in life, in real life. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's been a, it's been a while on um, Instagram, back and forward and stuff. So it's, it's nice to be here. So Visha, if you don't mind, just take about a minute or so just to kind of introduce yourself, tell us about yourself, who you are, and how you started to, you know, to build your own wealth. A bit of of a journey, to be honest with you. So when I was um, 16, when you're in school doing um, uh, GCSEs, you do work experience. When I was doing work experience, uh, one of my um, people in my sort of religious network, he owned an estate and letting agency not far from where I live. So I went to, you know, work with him for two weeks. That was great. That was my first step in. Went to uni for two years and then I dropped out of university and I studied, um, I went into accounting. So when I went into accounting, uh, you know, as a lot of people are finding at the moment, you know, unfortunately no one gives you a job unless you've got three years experience. Um, And that's quite hard to do, obviously. So I come across an opportunity. It was an apprenticeship. So I took the apprenticeship with um, a small chain of estate and letting agents based in Stratford. And yeah. this was around the 2012 Olympics. So I was studying um, accounting, doing the apprenticeship and doing accounts for this estate agency, managing rent arrears for around a thousand units in London. That was the first time I saw rent to rent. You know, every week there was a guy coming in with like 5,000 pound cash and I'd have to count it up. And he was doing rent to rent, collecting cash from all the properties and coming in. You know, I was dealing with rent arrears. So we had people doing illegal HMOs. Like, um, yeah. They're taking it as a single let and they were builders. So they were putting up partitions they built out at the back and we yeah. had to go and kick, kick them out with um, the assistance of Landlord Action. The owner of the estate agency, his parents came over from India in the 60s and they owned property in Hackney. So obviously Hackney back then wasn't as hipsterish as it is now, um, but they owned four or five unencumbered big Victorian houses. You're talking four or five stories. and So no mortgage. Each one was now a HMO bringing in about £6,000 rent on each property so that got me interested but I still didn't know about property and I thought it was only a privilege for the people who had paid off their first mortgage that the bank would then give them a second mortgage I didn't know that you can go and have 30 40 50 100 mortgages if you want and some of our landlords who I was dealing with owned 75 and 100 properties around Leightonstone you can imagine the size of their portfolio then I got sort of started you know as most people do reading rich dad poor dad uh, went on some courses, um, got into buy to let, bought my first one at 23. Um, so have experience of a property market in the Midlands, Northeast, and also Yorkshire and Humberside. Uh, chased a few shiny pennies as well. So I've done, I've sourced properties. I've done rent to rent SA. So I had SA in Chelmsford, Essex, and built my own management company as well. And now I have gone, you know, a full swing around back to buy to let. So looking for as passive as I can get high returning properties and also moved from accounting into financial advice. So I'm now doing mortgages and insurance. So you, yeah. you, you've done buy to let, you've done rent to rent, you've done service accommodation, and yeah. you're also an accountant. And all this started from you dropping out 
from 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 school and it just goes yeah. to tell you sometimes it's not about where you're coming from it's about having a drive towards going to a particular direction in life isn't it yeah and i think yes to have a big thing for me is a solution-based mindset um so a, a bit of a story so when i went into the um, service departments so i had one of i was doing it with a business partner and he messed me about um, and basically moved away so obviously the service accommodation set up as a, a business we were very hands-on because we were early in it um, and at the same time, I was made redundant from my job. I wasn't financially free from that. Um, so, you know, you can have, you got one option, which is to lie down and just cry about it, or you get up and you put in the work. And, you know, I got up um, and created a management company within one month um, so they can take all of the stress from me. And I just do the finance bit, which is on the phone. So, um, you know, I think it's just about having a solution-based mindset. 100%, I completely agree with you. Having a solution-based you know, mindset is all about, you know, uh, having that very, very uh, uh, creative mindset, always be creative, no matter where you are, no matter the state of your mind, just be very, very creative, which is which is something that I, I talk about all the time. Let's take a step back very quickly. So you said you started, obviously, you've done the rent-to-rent strategy, you've done the service accommodation strategy and back-to-let. What was the very first strategy in property that you actually started and actually started making money from? What was the very first one? But buy to let was the the first thing I did, yeah. Um, but as as you know, when you're acquiring properties, it's a longer you know process. Could be three four months just to acquire from getting an offer accepted. So in the meantime, after that, that's why we looked at other strategies such as the sourcing and the the rent to rent to get the cash flow in quicker. Then after buy to let, then what what was the next one? What what was the next strategy transition into? Um, we were sourcing, so I had um, VAs in the Philippines who were doing all the data scraping, um, and me and my business partner were getting handwritten letters done in the UK, and we were yeah. posting them out. So we had about a twenty percent callback rate. We we got started in buy to let, then we transitioned into deal sourcing, and then I'm sure deal sourcing then you know was a, you know uh, was what you used to get started in the rent to rent strategy because it, the deal sourcing and rent to rent HMOs or whatever the case might be, whether it's service accommodation. Are yeah. very quite relatable. One of the things I always say: if you know how to do service accommodation, you could actually transfer the knowledge at least eighty percent into renter and HMOs. And also, if you do have uh, experience up to ninety eighty percent as well, you can also transfer HMO experience into service accommodation. Though they're a bit different, but once you can, once you've already started a property, particular property strategy, transferring it, those information can be very, very quite, can be quite easy. Maybe with a little bit of guidance. How would you say you were able to transform this information coming from the you know buy to let aspect into service accommodation, so into sourcing, then service accommodation, then I presume HMOs? Um, I've not done HMOs. We nearly bought one in um, in Hull, but uh, we pulled out of it, which you know in hindsight was a good decision. But um, that's a story in itself. But yeah, the the, the transitioning is is interesting because you know sourcing is. Uh, it's a great business that so you can do it with any strategy you've got because there's always people who want deals. You know, I've bought properties from sourcing agents as well. So I understood the process. We, we went into um, getting the right knowledge in service departments, but then, you know, having a sourcing mentality to go and get the deals for ourselves. So we actually got two deals very quickly. And then we sort of, we, we put a break on it because, you know, service departments is quite time intensive, um, when you're starting up so the, the idea was to scale it but then my business partner started playing games so we didn't scale it but we were also offered um, a whole block in Chelmsford which was 300 flats 
So we were offered the whole block by a developer as well. So I think, you know, if your aim is to grow very quickly, then it's a bit more easier to build, build a name in certain areas. And I think being open and honest with agents is a very good thing to do because, uh, because a lot of them have been burnt before as well, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, one of the reasons why a lot of letting agents and landlords are, you know, are quite scared of all these creative strategies of people coming to them to come and pitch them for strategies like this is the yeah. fact that there's so many amateurs and there's so many people who just gone on the back of a YouTube channel to try to do property. And I see them all the time. Uh, yeah. I'm someone that believes in education, mentorship and coaching and training, whatever we're going to call it. It's all yeah. about, you know, following through a process and a roadmap, going step by step and trying to make something happen for yourself, which is, you know, the right way to do it. You know, like, like, like I said, you know, in order to become an accountant, I'm sure it's not by reading the book. You didn't read a book to become an accountant. You went and actually studied. And then you yeah. had job experience from job experience, apprenticeship. And then, you know, you got to where you are as an accountant and a practicing accountant from there to a financial advisor. Same thing. So what is your definition of money? I think you look at it in, in two formats. So I think you've got sort of a dictionary definition, which is it's a store of value, um, but it's also an enabler. So it enables us to either move closer to our goals, dreams and ambitions or further away from it, depending on how we utilize money. Again, you know, our education, who, are, who we surround ourselves, our network will dictate, you know, how far that pound goes. 100%. I agree with you. Money is a tool for you to create the sort of happiness that you do deserve. Some people yeah. say, oh, money doesn't buy you happiness. I said, you know, I, I, it's something that I disagree with because, you know, imagine you want to have a drink in the, in the shop. And you, you, you walk into a shop and you get a bottle of drink and you can have that drink and you're, you, you have that little sip of that drink and you calm down, you're happy. But a situation whereby you wanted to buy that drink and you can't buy it, then what, what then happens? You're not really happy with yourself. Money is a tool for you to create more wealth. Money is a tool you know, that you can use to work on so many other things and, you know, and exchange for value. So absolutely, yeah. I completely agree with what your definition is about money. I'm going to go to the next question. The next question to you is, how important is it for people to save money or how important is it for people to reinvest money than to pay for their lifestyle? Saving is, is very important. You know, I think we're seeing it now with COVID, especially a lot of people. I can't remember the statistics of the numbers, but a lot of people don't even have one month's buffer in the UK. And mm -hmm. I think that's going to change the mentality. So I think, um, you know, it's important to save, first of all, um, ideally three to six months of your um, expenditure, if you can. And then look to invest after that, because obviously we know we know right now and for the last five, six, seven years that money in the bank is not doing anything for you and your wealth is eroding due to inflation. But you need to have some liquid cash on hand um, after that. Then it's what you go and do. And for me, it's a big thing in that how hard is um, each pound working for you? You know, and I'm always looking if I can get 25 to 33 pence for each pound per year. And I'm happy with that. So I think get some savings behind you and then go in invest in what while you're building your savings buffering that's when you try and get educated because so when you're ready you've got some knowledge to go absolutely agree totally agree that was well answered i think i really don't have anything to add on to that because i i completely just agree with that definition yeah. now the next question to you is do you believe that the society the parents you know how we was raised has a huge impact on how we see money or how we manage money or the values that we attach to, 
to money? Yeah, I, I see it in, in, a, in a few parts. So, um, I think I, I learned a lot from my parents in terms of money management and um, they've always been self-employed. But something I, I remember having a conversation a while back with one of my cousins and I was saying, you know, our, our parents came over from Africa to the UK. Um, you know, they didn't have the privilege of going on Google or YouTube and finding all these money content or, you know, Grant Cardone talking about a billion dollar deal. You can scroll through your timeline and straight away you've got sponsored adverts of, you know, crypto this, FX that, SA this, HMO that. And you go and you, you go on YouTube, spend a day and you can learn something. So I think society and social media as well in, in our generation is going to be big. And I know you're seeing people the 13, 14 years old making millions of pounds on esports and people buying crypto at 16. It's just crazy because when we were 16, I don't know about you, but I was just playing football or cricket or FIFA. So society is changing a lot at the moment. I mean, what you've said is quite very interesting because, um, you know, society, you know, some of us are fortunate enough to have the right sort of society, right sort of environment, parents, you know, to grow the right sort of mindset around money. And some people uh, are not. And some people who are sometimes still don't know what to do with the money. Because sometimes yeah. you find where sometimes you have rich people and they have rich kids and the kids are completely spoiled and they don't know yeah. what to, to do with the money or how to reinvest the money or actually have to take what their parents have already done for them to the next level. And also you have some people, people like myself, I was, I was born and raised in Africa, I was born and raised in Nigeria. And while growing up, the society where I grew up, all we knew about money was you make money, you spend money, you make money, you spend good clothes, you spend money, you just you go and party. The whole essence is make money, have a big celebration when you have children, weddings as well. You know, it's not like weddings is an investment, but, you know, you know, we spend like thousands and millions of Naira way back in Nigeria just to have a wedding, yeah. one or two days excitement. And what <laughs> you, you usually find is that after the wedding, you know, the, 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 the bride and groom are literally broke, they skin because now they spend money, they in debt. I did yeah. not really understand the importance of actually, you know, letting your money create more money for you. Yeah. I always, I grew up thinking that I had to go and look for money all the time, but not knowing that actually there are ways that you can actually make more money, create more money for you. Credit cards, overdraft, this money, this type of money is where things that I knew that you can use this type of, you know, you know, finances to just have a good time, not actually to reinvest them. Until yeah. I started self-personal development just about four or five years ago. Four or five years ago, I became really, you know, like I don't compromise when it comes to personal development. And I started to have a different, complete perspective of, you know, knowing the fact that you can actually go out there, get a credit card instead of going shopping on clothes, but actually using that to reinvest. I actually started my rent to rent business on the back of deal sourcing where I sold some few deals, I raised some money, and I, yeah. I, I, the rest of the amount, you know, the rest of the money was spent for my credit cards. And that's the beginning of how I started in property. Quite long story short, I have now built a business of over two million pounds, you know, just yeah. not, not just credit card, not just overdraft, you know, not just borrowing money from people. I've literally done every, you, any type of lending or borrowing, you name it, I've done it. But I'm using, I'm turning credit into cash. And yeah. that is something that obviously sometimes you don't learn from when you're growing up. The only way you can learn that is from experience. The only yeah. way you can learn that is by hanging around the right people. 
The only way you can actually learn that is to see people who are doing it and successful in it and actually try and say, okay, how can I, you know, see what they're doing? So absolutely, you know, your, your, your environment can either break you or your environment can make you. So in this country, in the West, not just in the UK, in the West, people don't like to talk about their personal income to their friends and family. Yeah. So my question to you is, do you talk about money to your friends, your family, your business ideas? Do you, do you ever, ever have to share that with, with people who are close to you? Yeah, the reg- on a regular basis. Not, you know, not all the time you know, saying it to the exact monetary value of you know, what's coming in, what's going out. Um, but we do share that on deals. But we're always talking about how, different ways of making money. And they've got various groups, stocks and shares, whether that's uh, property, people wanting to do joint ventures with me in the family. Um, and me talking up about property and investments in my family has you know, other people in my extended family have come up to me and said, uh, you know, I've been doing property for five, six years and I've got and I've made half a million pound profit and now I'm looking to reinvest it. But before that, they never shared anything. So I think I'm the one that sort of made that okay in the family and extended family to speak about. And we've, we've got like different Facebook groups and WhatsApp groups that we keep open. Um, I put sort of stocks and tips in there as well. So, you know, when literally a year ago when lockdown happened, I, I started investing because although it was a scary time, you know, the, the whole Warren Buffett ideas kept ringing in my head because everyone shares the quotes on Instagram, but not many people actually act on it. You know, when, 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 um, when everyone's running out of the market, that's when you should run in. When everything yeah. dropped, I started buying. I bought Zoom, shop, uh, Zoom stocks, uh, Shopify, Apple, Amazon. Um, and I started sharing it with people in, you know, my, some of my cousins and stuff, and they've made 150, 200% in the last year on, on some of those stocks. So we're always sharing ways to make money. Um, but yeah, property in, in those circles is important. And I try to share the deals I'm doing, breaking them down. And, um, you know, some of my cousins and, and friends have people in their network who want to invest as well. So we've had different investor meetings with people and I've prepared, you know, the packs and we leverage our network. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really important to talk about these things because otherwise you're you're talking about the mundane things, not the things which are actually going to push you forward. And obviously, you want, as you're growing, you want everyone around you to sort of grow as well. When you talk about money to friends and family sometimes, people people tend to say, in in a in a wrong way that you're trying to show off, you know. There's this there's this negativity about money, you know, and it it amazes me all the time because you know we go to work, people go to work nine to five to get paid, yeah. all right. But when you start talking about money, sometimes people all of a sudden get there's this negative vibe when people talk about money. So if you go out there now and try to tell someone that you know what you've just done a, a business transaction and this is how much you make. And you could make that, you know, you, you know, this is how you've done it. And you can actually get more investment if they're interested for if we get to go out there and get more money. And there's this negativity about it. Do you sometimes get that negativity on the flat, on the back that you're telling people about, you know, uh, stocks, shares, you know, uh, property? Do you get that sort of negative vibe? never that I've experienced to my face. Um, and I, I, I always lead with the value part of it first. So it's never, you know, here's how much I made today. It's, you know, here's, here's what I've done. Here's the numbers. By the way, it made me X amount of money or X amount cash flow per month or X amount net return per annum. It's never just leading with the figure alone. And that, 
um, you know, I don't. We, you're you're quite active on social media. I was a couple of years ago. I'm less active now, but um, back then, uh, you know, a lot of people would just show the brand new Mercedes, the brand new BMW they've got. They don't show anything else. But yeah. when you show when you show the whole journey, and you're doing it at the moment, you're showing people your refurbs, start to finish. You're going to show the process. When I bought, um, when I went up north, first time into this investment area in the northeast, never been been there in my life before. And I showed the whole step from waking up at 4 a.m., getting the train to the northeast, going there, all the way to refinancing that property and getting a 37% net return on investment. Every step of the process is on my Facebook. So yeah. people know that it's there. So I've always shared the value. So I think when you share the value proposition, then people can buy into the wins and it's tangible. If you're just sharing the end result, no one really cares that you got a new car. They want to know how did you get it so I can get one too. So just share yeah. the value as well. I've not experienced any negativity directly that I know of. I mean, people tend to give you more love when you when you say you've got your you just got yourself a new job. But when you when you tell yeah. people you start a new business, people people are quite people get quite people get quite negative about that. And when you share value of a refurb, like you just said, for example, and you show a brand new car, people will comment on a brand new car. And say congratulations on a new car, but when you actually say you just got this investment property, and you're doing this to it, nobody cares. Yeah. Why do you think this is such a negative thing on social media? I've experienced a lot of that, and two three years ago, I was doing quite a lot of coaching. Um, I don't do any anymore. Um, and a, a big there was a big issue about likes and comments, and I said it the value isn't in the person who's liking your comment. The value in the person is in the person who's gone through Facebook or Instagram, they've stopped on your post or video, they've watched it, they've not commented at all, and they've scrolled on. That person who is not interacted will buy in bigger down the line. And I had that. I was getting coaching clients who have never interacted with my content for a year, two years, three years. And then when then they out of nowhere, I didn't even know they were on my social media and they messaged me saying, can we book in for a one or two hour thing or or a longer course? So you know, a lot of people would just not like, and there's a lot of value in that. And I had, um, you know, overseas investors show a lot of interest and I didn't even know they were following me for four years. So don't worry about the likes, you know, 99% of us don't get paid by likes unless we're massive Instagram influencers. And I know some of them who have a million followers who are broke as well. So don't worry too much about likes. You know, focus, just keep putting out the value out there. Forget about other people's opinions. As long as you're doing something which is true to yourself, showcasing the work it will all come good in the end and you'll get you'll get the investors you'll get the business everything will come through what would you classify as a good debt and what would you classify as a bad debt yeah i think a a bad debt is one that takes you know money out of your pocket each month (laughs) and it leaves you you know needing to work harder to service it and you know a good debt is is your investments and and also, I think you mentioned earlier, which people do forget, is personal development and their own education. And sometimes you have to spend money and sometimes you've got to be on the credit card as well. Um, you said, you, you know, you, you created your business off a credit card. I mean, it's not that difficult to go and get, you know, a three, four, five thousand pound, zero percent interest credit card. And that could potentially be a first rent to rent deal, um, depending on how you set it up. So there's loads of different ways. But I think, yeah, good debt is the one that is taking you closer to financial freedom. Uh, I hate that word, but, you know, is what it is, taking you closer to being um, free and on your own terms and 
bad debt keeps you in the cycle and that the further into bad debt you get the longer you'll be on that wheel trying to service it the, the issue with bad debt is you know the people who are spiraling in bad debt they might start with zero one two three percent per annum interest and the more you get into bad debt the you have to be um you're, you're getting into different types of credit cards then and you're getting into the credit builder credit cards which are now they're not two three percent they're 20 30 percent and when your in when your interest starts compounding in bad debt that's when people really spiral off so if you're investing in yourself and you're eventually going to get a return from it remember you have to go and take the action as well uh you you've been featured on the nla which is not turned to the residential landlord association yeah you know obviously being on the nla it's not it's not easy you know yeah. being someone that you know as you are, you know, a property investor that's been featured on the National Landlord Association. I mean, you just want to share any free lessons anyone can learn just being on that sort of massive platform where there's over 10,000 landlords in the whole of the UK. On on there, we've touched on a few things such as, would you, you know, allow um, pets into your properties? Uh, That's something I did with my first ever investment. You know, we had a a nurse who was um, staying in the property and she had a cat and no one else would even allow her the cat. I mean, we just... We had a clause in our AST. We let her have the cat and um, it worked out very well for us, paid above market rent. Unfortunately, it was only a year because then when they're nurse contracts, they have to move around and do placements. Another contribution we had was about letting tenants paint your property. And I think it's a very basic thing, but you know, if you've got if you've got a tenant who wants to paint the property, it's gonna be a long-term thing that they want to be there for. You know, if you're allowing them to decorate put their touch on the property as long as you make sure you on top of the upkeep and maintenance that tenant is going to be there three four five years maybe longer especially if they've got you know young kids and maybe if they've got a pet as well i think there was a stat out today saying 3.9 million dogs were bought during lockdown so a lot of people with pets coming through and they need places to stay so be adaptable to the market is what i found and i've also the third the last one i leave you with is it's not related to that but i would say share your message is very important to share your message because one thing for me uh, daniel was just to share the journey and inspire other people yours is the same you're doing a lot now you know in, inspire younger people to get into the industry and that's how i got the opportunity for the features um even this is money or was featured on there never paid for any features it was because i put out a message and a lot of people are quiet about it so if you want to put out a message you want to share authentically aim to give value you know, when you're giving value free and um, wholeheartedly where you don't want anything back, that's when you get these opportunities. So that's, that's where they invited me from. Um, I was offered over a million pound JV investment from Middle East just because I was giving value. I didn't take it because not all money is good money. That's another lesson for you guys. Um, but opportunities arise. So, you know, if, if we're going to invest, you know, whether we put it on social media or not. Um, but I think share it and try and help other people and as long as you're trying to help other people you know it will come back um, to you in the end yes absolutely thank you so so much Vishal for spending this evening with us we really really do appreciate it no that's it man thank you very much for the opportunity and um, yeah just keep taking action keep moving forward and there's always a new opportunity around the corner man have a great weekend fantastic everyone have a great weekend everyone take care see you later bye